and welcome to Old vs. Gold, the podcast that asks the question, was that movie or TV show really good, or was it just nostalgic childhood memories? We're going to take your fond childhood memories of TV shows and movies and hold them up to the harsh light of day. I'm Robert, independent filmmaker, gamer, and a cop with only three weeks left before retirement. Next to me is Tim. Hi, I'm Tim, uh, and my throat is a sewer today. <laughs> and Sam. Hi, my throat is not a sewer today. Good you. That's good, because you're slightly closer, and I don't want to hear. <laughs> I don't want to smell sewer. So, all right. So, um, this film, this week, is Die Hard. Why Die Hard? You say isn't that one of the films that should be considered gold forever? Well, perhaps. I mean, it is kind of the staple of the one guy against a bunch of bad guys type movie stuck in a building sort of thing right? and it, it was one of the movies that helped define what a summer action blockbuster is yeah yeah um it's from 1988 it is about a guy named john mcclain and he's an officer in the nypd anybody important play him oh jeez, uh some guy named bruce more more no bruce more i think it's bruce more yes <laughs> we'll get to that but uh, but the plot is that this nypd cop comes to uh try to save his marriage um and he meets up with his wife at the building that she works in the nakatomi plaza which is actually the fox uh building in la so he comes to la to meet her meet up with her and um at the same time, some uh, terrorists take over the building, and uh, German terrorists take over the building. Like they do. Yeah, like they do. And this, oh, by the way, this is a Christmas movie, so it happens during Christmas. Why and, do we keep uh, watching Christmas movies during the summer? That's interesting. In podcast yeah, the podcast right. lead time. These all be that's out there right, oh, right in time for the actually, holidays. That actually might be true. So by the time you are listening to this, it could well yeah, be December really 17th certain, for all we know. <laughs> The and then would... we'll look brilliant. Yes. <laughs> but right now it's a cloudy overcast day, which means it's summer because we're in San Francisco. Hooray. So it was written by Jeb Stewart. That was the screenplay. He also wrote um, Leviathan, Another 48 Hours, and The Fugitive. Hmm. Probably not the same Jeb Stewart from the Civil War. Probably, Probably not. not. Okay. Uh, and I didn't know this, but it's based on a novel by Roderick Thorpe called Nothing Lasts Forever. That sounds like a James Bond title. Yes. <laughs> uh, directed, of course, by John McTiernan, who did Predator, Hunt for Red October, and <sighs> Last Action Hero, and then Ooh. Die Hard with a Vengeance. He came back for the third of, of these films. Um, of course, as we've mentioned before, stars Bruce Willis as John McClane, uh, probably best known on television for Moonlighting. He also did H Hudson Hawk, which I still think is a good movie, but we'll have to save that for another podcast. Actually, I was just thinking of that because many people I know think that, and I've never seen it. Oh, and, I know. Legend, it got, and it, it has was, a bad, bad reputation. Uh, yes. but I know well, it's think no it's North, but. Well, well it is. <laughs> so, yes, another day. But, but uh, three years later, he did Pulp Fiction, so. And then 12 Monkeys, and then The Fifth Element, and. Well, Armageddon, and then, then then the Sixth Sense, and then Unbreakable, and then Sin City, and Grindhouse, and uh, the last thing we saw him in was Looper. Yes, but so, other than that, what is he known and, for? Well, and let's, nothing really. Uh -huh. And we, and we mustn't forget just some. Dude. And we mustn't forget Moonlighting. I already He's mentioned certain, Moonlighting. Oh, see, I already you forgot. <laughs> yeah, the very beginning. we mustn't do that. I'm camp, very but. tired. And he was actually still doing Moonlighting while he was doing Die Hard, and that so. was the problem. 
that was the problem. No, the, no, there were many other problems. Well, there, that's true. Okay. <laughs> so what movie are we watching today? Die Hard. <laughs> oh, okay. Why? <laughs> well, clearly I'm having attention span difficulties. Yes, you so. are. <laughs> so the film also stars Bonnie Badella. Bedelia. Bedelia, thank you. <laughs> As Holly Gennaro McLean. And she's the wife, right? Um, she is a Culkin. Oh, oh how? she is the aunt. Oh. Her, uh, let me see. Her brother Kit, his sons are Macaulay and Kieran. Okay. And the other 92 of them. Yeah, and a bunch of others that, yeah, I've never seen before. Uh, she has a long history of stuff. Mm-hmm. She was in Bonanza. Uh, two two different seasons as two different characters. <laughs> and you know how I love it when a character is in a Lifetime movie or after-school special. Yes. So we found Message to My Daughter, oh. 1973. I'm crying just hearing the title. <laughs> a confused teenager discovers a stack of tapes recorded years earlier by her dying mother. Also starring Martin Sheen. Oh, wow. And then the CBS School Break special, No Means No, 1988. <laughs> I don't even have to read the description no, you of this not. one, do I? No. 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 And, and and that's good because the next three didn't even have descriptions, but the, the name of it tells you everything you need to know. Switched at birth in 91. <laughs> yes. A Mother's Right, the Elizabeth Morgan story. Yay, it's a funny story. <laughs> and My Mother's Son in 97. And, and, and you know, she she's a Culkin. I... <laughs> you know this whole this whole podcast this whole episode is for you you're the I one know. who hasn't seen die hard so you need to pay attention more uh most recently she's been on the tv show parenthood yes so, still working still working wasn't she on the body bedelia show at one okay. point maybe but since i probably never saw that or heard of it i just have to see who she, i have to see who she is because i feel like i've seen her in things but i'm not you, I'm you have in names mixed up she, she's one of those people who people in hollywood love and they keep trying to put her in lots of stuff that's why they um, gave her her own show that um american public seem to like but not quite as much as hollywood not as much as the the driving vehicle huh. was saying elsewhere something you listed for her that i ignored it may have been in there. I, okay. I, 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 I think he didn't right. list she, it. I didn't okay. list it. Okay, it was she, Williams Daniels. I don't wife know. On that? Okay, well, I'll we'll know. Have, I'll know we'll, when we'll I see her. And, so, yeah, we'll I'll know when I see her. So, if so, um, she's we'll have a research. If so, she's very good. If if not, that woman is very good, and is not in this movie. Paul Gleason was Deputy Police Chief Dwayne T. Robinson. Unfortunately, he died in '06. Probably best known for Breakfast Club. He was oh, right. the guy, the principal or mm-hmm. whatever that guy yeah. was. Okay, okay. Uh, tons of TV shows. Tons and tons of TV shows. And it's funny, we were talking about this just before we started recording the podcast. He was in Ewoks, The Battle for Indoor. <gasps> Wait, what was that? Oh, no, we were talking about the Christmas special. We were talking about special. the Christmas special. We were talking about Ewoks. We I'm were sorry, talking about the Ewoks. holiday special. Yes. Yes. We were talking about Ewoks in general. So we'll, we'll like accept we'll so, accept your statement, Robbie. <laughs> that was in '85, and yet somehow he but, kept getting work. But what was that? <laughs> Ewoks: The Battle for Endor. Yeah, it wasn't I, it was quite a, as bad as the yeah. holiday but special, was it special, but it was, or what? It was a TV thing. Oh, okay. Huh. In, in the vein <laughs> of kids, of oh, okay. Endor was involved. Was Ewoks and okay. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. No, you're living a happier life. And uh, William Ather- Atherton mm-hmm. as uh, Richard Thornburg. Uh, he was in Ghostbusters as Walter Peck. So 
just mm-hmm. like oh uh, yes yeah just like paul he was you know another guy who everyone is the you know oh he's the jerk he's the authority figure that you make fun of and he's then, the man with no dick yeah yeah and then he was in real genius as another dick uh, yep. <laughs> oh tv movie oh boy a fight for jenny <laughs> Warren is remarried and tries to get custody of the child of her first marriage. Her struggle is tough because her par- her present bo- uh, husband Thomas is black. <gasps> Wait, yes. her name is Warren? Uh, he's not playing her. I know, but <laughs> he's just in not, that. I, that's okay. But I know, her like name it, is Warren? Maybe it's a last name, I don't know. Oh dear. <laughs> it's badly written, but <laughs> And he's also been in tons of TV shows, but um, more so than uh, Paul because he has the added bonus of not having been, uh, not having died yet. Uh, so we should release his podcast soon, just in case. Hey. <laughs> no, I'm just saying. Are you planning to kill him? No. Oh, good. No, no. Why would I do that? I don't know. I know he's not. It really, sounded uh, ominous. I know he's not really a jerk like he is in the movies or in the TV shows. You know. You don't know. Alan Rickman, of course, as Hans Gruber, <gasps> saving the best for last. Alan Rickman, uh, he was in a little-known show, a movie called Closetland in '91. It was, it's not what you think. <laughs> <laughs> okay, it's a, about a woman who writes children's books, and she's taken hostage, or not hostage, taken for questioning by the government, and and they don't say what the government is or anything. The whole movie is in one room. Hmm. And it uh, and he's interrogating her. It and sounds whole, delightful. It's what well, yeah it was. It was but it's good. got Alan Rickman. Good. So, but that film what gave, uh, was part of the idea of the whole thing in Chain of Command in Next Generation, where Picard is like there are four knights oh. and all that. Yeah, so mm-hmm. that like there's they were going for that. He was I, also in I, Dogma. If if I remember correctly, he was in another little art house series of films called Harry I'm Potter. Getting to that. Yes. Yes. Harry Potter, but. <laughs> I never saw the Harry Potter series, but to me, he's mo- most known besides Die Hard for Galaxy Quest. Oh, yes, yes. Yes, 99 as the alien dude. He was, well, I mean, he wasn't an actual alien, yeah. but yes. He was very good in that. He yes. was the Spock, I guess you would say. Yes. As that. So that's the cast of Die Hard. That is um, the history of what they've been doing, and uh, hopefully that's not too boring. We'll cut all that out. Let's let's start it. So welcome to the button. <laughs> so anyway, so Die Hard, yeah, um, I've seen it multiple times, but haven't seen it probably within the last maybe ten years or so. I can't recall watching it at least all the way through in a in quite a while. Um, of course, I loved it. Watched it a thousand times. Plenty of great catchphrases. Plenty of uh, good action. And uh, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But Tim has not seen it. I have not seen it. So what do you remember about not seeing it? Well, okay, here's a question I have. Um, I should have looked this up earlier. Did um, Die Hard come before or after Lethal Weapon? That is a good question. They are uh. similar time frames. Okay. Hmm. The reason I'm asking is, you might ask yourself the question, how and why have I never seen Die Hard? <laughs> and one simple answer is just lack of interest. I don't really care about the, quote, action genre or whatever. It's not interesting huh. to me. But I'm wondering why that is. And it could be also, if Lethal Weapon came first, it may have put me off the genre entirely because it was so <laughs> terrible. But if it didn't come first, then I just had a general lack of interest. 
yeah. in it. But How, but they're, they're different genres. One is buddy cop. One is rogue solo cop. I, I may not have made that <laughs> distinction at the time. Um, but however, I, I have, I feel like I have sort of a personal stake in this. And I should watch it because I have only a, a three degrees of separation from Bruce Willis. If you get to count oh. a house as a degree of separation. Sure. I, I'll allow that. Because he, um, he filmed a movie in my hometown, Paducah, Kentucky. He filmed the movie In Country which no one's heard of. Um, and this was while he and Demi Moore were married. And in fact, the first child became, came to into being while they lived there. And my brother now lives in that house. Oh, wow. So. Excellent. I've probably seen the jacuzzi tub where Demi sat while pregnant. Uh. And you can, yes, exactly. That happened. So um, it's been cleaned. So, I'm, <laughs> I'm, sure, so. I'm sure it's fine. And Sam? Um, yeah, no, I'm like you, Robbie. I saw it when it came out. I was completely enraptured by it. Um, I saw it in Los Angeles, having used the Washington, D.C. airports to come out to college. And those are the key, key things where, where it was actually filmed and where it was supposed to be taking place. Um, this was one of the early films that I recall catching some continuity errors in um, uh, one, for example, they're supposedly in the Washington, D.C. airport, and the phone that he's using to call is a Pac Bell phone, which is (laughs) West Coast... Yeah. No, I've heard of that. that, that that's really, I, I that's saw this that, movie, though? I thought that, that was Die Hard 2. No, that's this one. And I remember seeing oh, that okay. in the film. So and I was loving the film and getting upset at that because I had just been in the Washington, D.C. Mm. airport that he was from. And I was very positive that there were no Pac-Bell phones. Wait Probably not. He's or, never in yeah, anywhere but Los two. Angeles. Is the movie no. starts with him on the plane. Yeah, I think 2 is the airport movie, right? So oh, that is 2? Oh, is yeah. it too? Okay, yeah. I'm sorry. That's so right. I, I don't it's remember. My... It's still, it's still no. valid, but yeah. But no, it's... so I, okay. I love them enough that I was watching oh. The church bells. <laughs> it is time. Yeah. All of us. Oh. So. <laughs> but um, no, I, I was amazed by this. This was the first big summer action movie that I can recall, I, which makes me think it may have come before Lethal Weapon. Mm, okay, maybe. Um, so, but I'm not, I'm not no, positive that. We'll, we'll look it up, but. Yeah. Um. But I, I just the the action, the plot, which today's action films seem to have forgotten to include. Um, <laughs> I, I thought it was all tight. I was so excited, and I forced my dad to go see it mm. by oh. talking to him incessantly on the phone until he went to see it. And afterwards, he was cursing me and praising me at the same time. <laughs> he loved the film, but he said he almost had a heart attack during it, and I should never ever do oh, that. Oh, no. He was glad that I did that. Mm. So one of those kind of things. Yeah. Um, so other than not being able to remember which what came from which film, um, I love and remember it very, very fondly. Great. You, you love and, and fondly remember the series of the films. Yes. Because... Hmm. In, including the, well, one <laughs> the latest one, which was a horrible piece of filmmaking, and I despised it. <laughs> but loved it. I, I wanted to love it, yes. <laughs> See, I don't. Yeah, I, I didn't really like the second one, and oh, okay. The third one was okay. It was better, I think. Well, if I recall, um, and I know the the latest one in in the series, and I think some of the others, they took other action films. They wanted to make more Die Hard films. Took an existing script mm. and made some slight changes, character names, and mm. just enough that they could call it a Die Hard and have Die Hard characters in it, mm. which meant that 
they did not have the same heart and spirit of the original because they were completely different movies. Mm. Okay. <laughs> Lethal Weapon, by the way, one year before Die Hard. Aha. Okay. So. Okay. So I think we're probably ready to watch this. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm pretty sure I'm going to vote gold. Uh, Tim, who knows? I have no idea. Um, Sam? I'm... I... I will be surprised if I don't find it quite enjoyable even now. Um, this could be a risk here, and I don't know. I mean, we'll, we'll see, but it could. is this one of those movies that has been ripped off so often that if I'm yes. tired of the cliches, I might I exactly. just struggle to I, I not think hold that, it against the sword? I think is there is a very real oh, okay. risk there. We'll see, okay. Because this is the origin of, yeah, and you're going to see a lot of Which things. we'll call the John Carter problem. Well, it's not the, the only John Carter problem. <laughs> no. but, but one of the reasons that failed is because everything has ripped off the source material. Yes. Yeah. And this is and one, I, I would mm. call this one of the seminal action films that, yes, it mm-hmm. will... will, will is one of the key points that many, many, many others have pulled from. Okay, I'll try to adjust accordingly. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad you recognize that because I think that that's very true. It's like watching Edgar Wright films and and like going back to Spaced. <laughs> yes. And seeing like the origin of the style that he uses that's not quite refined yet. He doesn't have the budget there, yet to do it. <laughs> and it, just, it feels like someone trying to rip him off, but it's him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love space, by the way. Oh yeah, I love me everything Edgar yes, Wright yes. does. I'm just saying yes. that space was like the origin of that. And, and we so, saw the world's end last night, and that's yes, awesome. So it is super awesome. Go see it now. It's probably out on DVD by the time we buy release now. The podcast. Yes, buy it on Blu-ray and DVD. It may, it may be on the plane and that iTunes. you are sitting on right now. Yes. You know, you should you Ooh, should have a. Cool. Amazon link on the podcast page. Buy it now. Yes. And... <laughs> I'll read maybe, it out. So. Maybe that could be our sponsors. Because <laughs> you know they need the exposure. Yes. <laughs> okay. Well, let's okay. Uh, let's sit down and watch this thing. Um, why have... don't you do that at home too? It, well, why not? I, I'll do it at home. Yes. Oh, you mean the people listening through the microphone? Yes. Uh, both. Everybody. Everybody go make a run on Die Hard right this moment and completely confuse the hell out of Hollywood as to why all of a sudden Die Hard is the most rented but film in the country. To be clear, yeah, to be clear, make sure you're getting the film and not a Sears battery. Oh, that, mm-hmm. yes. Yeah. Okay. Because, you know, we won't be talking about that much. Only Sears mm-hmm. sells the Die Hard battery? It's a, it's a Sears, I don't even it think it exists anymore. I yeah, I don't know. I think it still does. Okay, because it's serious. Who knows? But um, let's drop there's... everything and find this out. Podcast is brought to you by Sears. Okay, research the research department <laughs> needs to look that up too. We've we've got right, the answer we'll to get, lethal weapon we'll question. The next is diehard right battery. Okay, let's let's get going here. So uh, let's start the uh, viewing. We will pause the podcast here, and you may join us at, at in the pausing, and then <laughs> <laughs> watch Die Hard. And then if we haven't already scared you away with our craziness. <laughs> Uh, please, please press play again. Put the earbuds in first, or turn on the speakers, whatever, and press play, and uh, we'll continue. So, Die Hard. Here we go. Bye. All right. So. Die Hard batteries, Sam. Yes, I they they are they are still in existence. Excellent. Well, our oh. crack team of researchers. <laughs> um, I also need to clear up. So I was wrong. I got my my Bonnie's confused. I was think I was thinking Bonnie Bedelia was Bonnie Bartlett, who was the oh. one in Saint Elsewhere. So they are completely oh, different people with the same okay. first name. Okay. Bonnie Bartlett is very good too, and I guess Bonnie Bedelia did a fine job yeah. in this. So. 
You guess? Well, well yeah, okay. I mean, she, now that you see she it. didn't have a great deal to work with, but she well, did fine. No, did, but... did you have an opinion on Bonnie Hunt? <laughs> um, Wait, Bonnie Hunt. Not Helen Hunt. No. I've forgotten who no. Bonnie Hunt Oh, I, no, yeah. I guess no. Okay. Mm. But okay. Bo- Bonnie and Clyde, you never saw that. <laughs> no, actually. Did no. you? No, I didn't. Mm, there you go. And um, I'm trying to think of someone with the did, name Clyde. I know. To continue the joke. But there I aren't did, a lot of Clyde. Oh. Does your Bonnie lie over the ocean? No, it lies over the uh, sea. Well, turning off Sam's mic now. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Die Hard. We, uh, we watched it. Yep. I still like it. But I want to hear from the guy who's never seen it before first. Okay, a lot to talk about. Um, <clears throat> this movie got me thinking a lot about, you know, the notion of believability in movies. Hmm. And, you know, you don't, a movie can be successful without being believable. You know, all it matters is that the audience is willing to go along with it. Uh-huh. Um, and I was thinking about that a lot because there was so much in this I didn't buy at all. Okay. For example? Well, <laughs> let me find my list. <laughs> oh, no. The villains are ridiculous. McLean's glibness is ridiculous. The LAPD response is ridiculous. The international relations dickhead for Nakatomi is ridiculous. The computer codebreaker guy is ridiculous. Uh-huh. So it's, that's a lot to be asked to... So yes, this set the stage for all action films to come. Well, and consider this, if all this ridiculousness exists, is that not the base? Well, that's a great question. Okay, so that's what I was thinking about too. So... The other thing then is tone. It's like at the moment I decided where I had the tone wrong and it was like supposed to be kind of a farce was Johnson and Special Agent Johnson. But the problem is that's so late in the movie that I couldn't adjust my attitude. Yeah. It's like, so yeah, I mean, there are a lot of ridiculous things. So it's like... Let's think about Bond movies. A lot of ridiculous crap in Bond movies. That's true. But the tone is set for that. It's, you know, you are introduced to this some other world of international intrigue that none of us believe exists, and we accept it within the Bond universe. Yeah. In this movie, everything's grounded and apparently in our reality. The tone seems very serious. We're in an office building where we have a broken marriage. It's like, it's all very serious. And then these layers of ridiculous and farce are added that they don't fit the toe. It's especially I'm, the first half hour. It's and that's the thing. Pretty and that's the problem. Sane and normal. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So there's that, and then I think the other thing is the you know farce often means funny, but the funny wasn't that funny to me. Hmm. So it's like yeah, it's like by the time I saw that you know I had the tone wrong and I needed to be taking this movie a different way, it was too late. Ah. Okay. Um. Interesting. So. <laughs> do you, do you think that that is because you are watching it removed from the time it was made? Do you think that would have been much better if you had seen it in the 80s when you had the context of what an action film was from the 80s perspective? Maybe. Um, the other thing I'm thinking about is, you know, it's not like tones have to be, movies have to be either serious or funny. The mutual exclusive, a lot of really good movies mix those well. But I didn't think this one did. Mm. Um, the series was very serious. And then the funny was not that funny, and it was misplaced. It was funny about things that aren't funny, like death and dying and 
<laughs> terror. And, you know, it's like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not in sharing your jokes, you know. Um, yeah, that, that may be. I'm, I'm trying to keep that in mind that, you know, I'm not a fan of this genre generally. Mm. You know, I had, didn't see this at the time it came out. There's a lot I like about the movie. There are a lot of great details. Okay. Let me find things like about the movie. Wait, someone else talk first. Because <laughs> you okay, may remind Sam. me of something. Yeah. So uh, while you're looking through your notes, uh-huh. uh, keeping on our, our serious analysis of it, something that I noticed, I was really thinking, um, comparing with a, a more contemporary action film, this movie let us breathe. This movie let us mm. process what was going on. This movie mm. built tension. This was not a constant something is assaulting our senses and if it goes more than 10 seconds they have to cut stuff out to keep us um uh, our senses dulled there there was a lot of building there was a lot of mclean walking around which in some movies can really annoy me in this one i felt um almost hitchcockian in the way that it was trying to build up to what it was doing rather than just constant punching us I agree with, with all that. of that yeah, yeah that's true and that's something that's hard for a movie now to get away with yes if which is a shame because you shouldn't yeah. get away with it because it works and it's great it can um yeah. sometimes i see some older films and even recognizing that i think boy this film moves slowly mm-hmm. this one i never had the feeling that it was moving slowly even with that which means i think they pulled that off very well well actually i disagree with you on that because to me another thing about this movie it seemed like the first the first half had what you were talking about it was very well paced it was very straightforward things built logically and it was interesting and it kept moving you know without you know, in in the way you talk about it, in a very natural way using using tension instead of yes. just constant visual mm-hmm. um word failing me stimuli, um, stimuli thank you yes <laughs> um the second half once the cops came and once the fbi came i think everything got muddy and really did bog down hmm. i had trouble staying interested in the second half i i think there was def it was much better in the first half for me it yeah. did not get to the extreme that it did for you yeah i i'd agree with your general point but i still thought even then mm-hmm. there were times where they let him investigate what was going on there were times where it wasn't constant go from action scene to action scene to Mm -hmm. action scene and don't give the audience time to walk out of the theater Mm -hmm. in between them yeah yeah and uh, yeah i'm also trying to filter this through no awareness of my personal taste like there are two or three times when the action the action that's going on is pew pew which (laughs) pew pew bores me silly so once a big gunfight breaks out in a movie or video game I check out. I, tend I start to, thinking about what's for dinner. I just it's just so boring. I, I tend to be the same way. What is for dinner, by the way? <laughs> well, I don't know. I'm, I was thinking some we'll, poo-poo. We'll Christmas goose. <laughs> some poo poo. No. no. <laughs> if we're in Hawaii, that would be fine. Um, <laughs> light poo. <laughs> it's a thing. Uh, yes, it is. Okay. But it's we're, we're all anyway. <laughs> teenage boys, basically. Poo poo. You were saying? Was I? Yes, you are. <laughs> Uh, we were talking about the second half and pew pew. Oh, pew pew. Oh, I, I, that tends to make me tune out, especially when they're extended. I can take a few minutes of mm-hmm. it, and I, that was something I liked about this is there were none of the 10-minute long gunfire scenes where amazingly only the red shirts are the ones who get hit and mm-hmm. nobody else yeah. Yeah. is hit. And that there weren't any long extended ones of those. Yeah, yeah. That's true. Um. Yeah, I was thinking if this film, if they tried to make it today, it would be like there'd be some sort of... It would either be action sequence followed by 12 hours earlier, and then they'd cut mm-hmm. back to John arriving, or he would be doing some action scene in New York, and then like 
gotta get on a plane, go see my wife. You mm-hmm. know, there'd be mm-hmm. something to catch the audience. Mm-hmm. Um, some similarities to the Goonies, which is weird. Besides, <laughs> besides the fact that there's an actor in this that I totally forgot was um, was in the Goonies. Oh, what's his name? The uh, he was one of the bad guys in the Goonies. Hmm. I'm I'm trying to. Oh, uh, Robert Devay. Devay. Oh yeah. However you pronounce it. Yeah. Well, also he's, in, he's one of the Johnsons or whatever. Well, I also saw in the credits there's a woman, uh, Mary Ellen Trainer, who I didn't recognize her. I think she was like just one of the women in the in the you know who works for Akatomi. Oh. But she was also in the Goonies as someone I don't remember as, <laughs> as a miscellaneous <laughs> wife or something. So, and another so Goonies... that's that's the role she plays. Person Tim doesn't remember. Yes, yeah, exactly. That's her specialty. That's, how, that's what called my attention to because <laughs> she was credited that way at the end of this. And um, let's see. In Goonies, it was Rosalita. In this film, it was. Paulina. Oh, really? Not the same actress. I no, don't, no, no. I don't think. No, I don't but think so. they both both films had a oh, that's funny. <laughs> a person taking care of the kids or whatever. Um, yeah, that's interesting. That was kind of a common theme. I noticed... wait. Were there multiple kids? There, they there said there were multiple kids. Did we ever see both of them? Yes. yes. I only remember mm-hmm. the girl. Okay, the girl that's and the funny. Boy, yeah. Oh, I, I missed the boy. Just brief. The... the boy's name was John. So. Oh, okay. Yes, he has. Oh, so I thought the boy was that... the guy running around the building and fighting the terrorists. That's what <laughs> no, that you're, you're thinking. thinking you're thinking the newest uh, Die Hard <laughs> the, movie. Oh, yes. oh yes. that's right. We saw the trailers of that. Yes. I, you I, saw the movie, right? Yes. Oh, you did. Oh, okay. Um, I was able to successfully turn my brain off for the latest sequel and enjoy it for what it was. The new one have the things Robert's talking about about. The way an action movie has to be now. Um, Did it start off with a big action scene? And... I am. I I don't think the pre credits was, but it, there was something fairly early on, if I remember. Okay. Hmm. I think it started with him on a plane, or oh, just getting off get, the plane somewhere. Okay. Yes. yes. <laughs> um, in uh, Russia somewhere. <coughs> oh. Hmm. I also hmm. noticed, and who knows? Maybe this is the very first uh, instance of it. Um, L.A. was orange, just like on, I guess, 24 or whatever. It was orange. But that when, may have been Sunset. Well, now, what I was thinking thing. when they were showing being heavily a lot, doing that a lot heavily was when he was in the limo, right? Yeah. yeah and yeah. I thought that was, was supposed to be a windshield view with oh, polarized okay. windshield. All right, maybe. That was my I was thinking it was kind of like the sun was starting to set. It could have been that, too. But I, yeah. the way I took that, I mean, it was very artificial looking. But I also yeah. realized, well, that's what it would look like through a windshield with polarization on it like that. So, but it just me, reminded me of everything that always shows L.A. Is, <laughs> yes. It's always orange. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the 80s hair really bugged me in this film. There's, like, even the terrorist who... The terrorist you know, who took a break be... from their hair, their, their um, heavy metal rock band to be terrorists. <laughs> and and the, the female news anchor who you almost couldn't see her face because her <laughs> yes. giant hair was engulfing everything. <laughs> and I love the giant Google... Uh, employee search screen in the front lobby <laughs> tap oh, the screen and yes. search for people's names that's the point that got me so even in 1988 when we you know we're, we're only a few years into having computer screen displays you know commonly yeah. even then in movies the display displays were <laughs> ridiculous and yes completely like the one thing of they show him Looking up to the CEO, and there's all these this twisty arrow oh, yes. line. Oh, it says yeah. translation. Another twisty arrow line. I, Why would you ever do that? I heard us all <laughs> let out a <laughs> little just, guffaw as that came up that's on screen. Just so stupid. It's just any <laughs> whoever graphics person for this movie should just be you know fired for that. You know, there's no excuse. It's like. So what were some of the things you liked? Oh yeah, some of the things I like. I like the whole barefoot thing. 
a lot. Okay. The whole notion that our lone hero is doing all this in his bare feet, it led to a lot of, it led to tension, it led to humor, it, it was just a nice touch. And, you know, we start, we hinted that early on with the guy's advice on the plane. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, I, that's, that's unusual and a nice new detail I'd never seen anything before. You know, it's like a very unique thing in the movie. I thought that was really cool. You know, I thought Rickman did a good job, as he almost always does. Mm-hmm. I didn't mm-hmm. buy his character for one second, but, oh. you know, or, and you know, or his lines or anything. <laughs> no, he got some good lines so that helped, and he did his. He did, you know, he made. Yeah, you know, I'm not gonna say he made it work because it didn't, because I never bought the character at all or enjoyed it. Huh. Really. But, but mm-hmm. he did a good job. I'm not faulting. I think Rickman did the very, very best he could, as he always does. You know, um, let's see. Um, so you didn't buy it. Well, well, I just, I'm, you know, I have, a, I'm, I'm kind of over in all movies the, mel, me, you know, again, it can work in Bond movies because of their ridiculous structure, but just that he, I don't know, has just, one instance is, you know, when he's walking around the room trying to find the CEO and reading his res and saying his resume out loud. Uh-huh. One thing I liked about that was, oh, I think it's cool they got into such background detail about this minor character, really built him up <laughs> well, even been thought to mention that he was in an internment camp during World War II, mm-hmm. but it was just why would he walk around saying this? It's just, I don't, I don't think anyone has ever or will ever existed who thinks or acts <laughs> this way. And again, um, lacking the farce tone at that point in the movie, you know, I thought, Oh, this is just stupid, but hmm. you know, but he's giving it his all and he's Alan Rickman. So <laughs> I'll try to roll with it as best I can. Huh. Um, did, did you buy that he was, processing what was going on and slowly figuring out bits and pieces of what McLean was doing did oh that i do yeah yeah okay yeah yeah I, that, I mean that's something that i like about this film both the bad guy and the good guy uh, neither of them are absolute super perfectionists they both make some mistakes they both you can see them figuring out what the other one's doing and pieces starting to fall into place and i think the script and the actors did a really nice job of yeah, adding a lot of depth to that kind of thing, which not many movies do a good job of. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I'd go with that. I liked near the end the uh, dangling off the building and having to punch his way with his feet into you know shooting, and then oh. I thought that was all good. Once again, it comes back to the barefoot thing. How mm-hmm. you know, his feet are cut up, and you know, you know that's the place <laughs> I can you know allow for like yeah, it worked. It was it was <laughs> it was novel and interesting and fun. Uh, I like a lot that. Actually, his, I mean, it's not really a reunion because they hadn't met, but him meeting Art at the end oh, yeah, was yeah. actually way more passionate than him reuniting. <laughs> <laughs> well, they've just been through a traumatic thing yeah, together. Yeah. So. Um, I like, oh, where's my other note on a thing I liked? I liked, uh, what did you like, Robert, while I look for my Well, I have, to, since you're talking about the ending, mm-hmm. um, I, I always thought, and I still think to this day, that the whole the bad guy popping out from I think he came out yeah. of a body bag or something with the gun I, with him. Uh, no, I thought he came out the front door. When was he, was, he was like when when they cut to him at the very end when the bad the, the one oh, that Al right, got okay. his redemption yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. by he was hanging from a chain last we saw him unconscious. Yeah. Oh, you know I'd sort of forgotten that. Okay, now I hate <laughs> yeah. that more. Okay. He if if you watch very beginning he's like brushing something off like maybe he had a coat over him or something like he's popping oh. up out mm. of the rubble which means they cut a scene or something maybe oh. or i think i think they just threw this in of him oh. shooting so that the uh they realize that al, al- yeah 
can oh. take him out. But can get um, his redemption, and they didn't really need. And to one do that thing though. that always bothers me is that whole music cue during that scene was uh, an unused music piece from Aliens. Huh. huh. And they put it in there because it was unused in the film. Uh, yeah, that really annoyed hmm. me because I'm like, this is Aliens. It's not even the same composer. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, I like that early on. We see a room full of priceless ancient Chinese pottery that you thought was going to. I thought yes, and I, and then later on we bring a room full, we bring a ton of men with guns into that room, and so I'm totally expecting. Uh, here comes a let's kill all the pottery, ancient <laughs> pottery, and it didn't happen. And I like that a lot. <laughs> I I love the. It didn't make any sense at all, but the elevator exploding near the end. Yes. Where he's in the fountain, and, and he yeah. turns, and he hears the elevator go, ding, and then the whole wall around the elevator goes, uh, boom. Uh, yeah, why did that happen? I don't know. Uh, but that, but I, I see your point in the whole, it felt like it started like a grounded film, yeah. uh-huh. and then it got kind of wacky. Yeah, and that can work. It we can. just saw a movie last yes, night that that works true. very well in. Yes. <laughs> but I don't know. I, again, I think it's the quality of what it is. You're, you know, I don't know. I didn't think it was that funny. Hmm. You know, all, all the, you know, mm-hmm. you know, the, the whole TV dinner line, besides being terribly dated now, is <laughs> not that funny in the first place. And, oh, being stuck in the air vents. Yeah. But you see that you see that made fun of so often. And... I know, but I'm just saying that line itself. Yeah. You know, okay. you know the whole notion that we are stuck with in action movies now of the hero going through all his trauma but still tossing off the glib yeah, one-liners. Yeah, just yeah. stop. And yeah, uh, okay. this is an early one. This, this is like one of the first to do it or not? No, not... Not really. It, no. it was early-ish. Well, I guess Weapon was the year before, so yeah. probably not, but... Yeah. It was one of the first, yeah. probably. What but. what I do give them credit for is rather than the the hero constantly being a superhero and just going through and tossing them off no problem... McLean is in pain. He's using yeah. them as a way to distract himself at times. Maybe, yeah. Hmm. And keep himself focused, and yeah. they're, they're not just pure throwaway. There, there's some meaning to many of them. Yeah, but I just thought they were so glib so often. I just, so, no, several of them were, yes. Yeah. But there, um, were, there were also some while he was talking to Al on the, the CB, where apparently there's only one CB channel in all of L.A. Apparently, yes. That occasionally <laughs> is, is an emergency channel, occasionally terrorists use. Occasionally and, you could chat with your police officer, Exactly. Yes. Well, you know, at the end of the 70s, there was the big CB channel downsizing after, downsizing after the fad ended, so they only had one. Plus, you could that. talk over each other. You could interrupt each other on the CB uh-huh. channels. Yes, that was uh, great. I, like, I think it was uh, actually Nextel push to talk. <laughs> would have been the sponsor. Yes. Now, it? Oh wow! It, They'd it, be texting each other as the whole through the whole movie. Is like, that would tell my exciting. wife I love her. So at what Smiley point? <laughs> Wink. At what point have nine one one services changed where you can just say, "Oh, we didn't mean it," and they'll turn everybody around without actually checking well, up the on build, it when the building calls when the when the building that the but fire still. is. No, no, they will. They, they still. Won't. If, if uh, I, I know, I've talked to um, emergency coordinators at, at various companies I've worked for, mm. and once the alarm is pulled, the fire department is oh. required by law to come in and check. I mean, you can call and say that it's, it was a false alarm, and they, they may downgrade the, the number of, of trucks coming oh. out, but somebody is still required to come and check it out. Do you think that may be a newer rule in, in 84? I don't think so. I think that was 85? just, I think that was probably just sloppy writing. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. I'll buy that. 
Um, uh, I go- also, um, it, this is probably the first time I, I personally have ever seen the whole, we know who is the best for this and who is not. And all our bosses are dicks. And we know better. Oh. And the whole policing by committee thing. Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. the SWAT team leader is being told by the chief, pull them back. And he's like, ah, they're almost in. They're almost yeah. in. It's like, what is yeah. this? This is like a The a Peter Principle at work. Yeah. <laughs> so, that, I kind of believe that. That's very believable. Uh, yeah. You think that would that happen? A lot. Yeah. I, no, I think it was carried too far yeah. for the uh, police in this. But, you know, <clears> the notion of the people who are doing the work know what's going on and... The people in charge don't listen to them. Think they know what's I going. I know that all too well to be <laughs> yeah. true. So, um, so that that is something that people can relate to. It's like sure, my boss sure, is sure. An idiot. Is yeah, that makes sense. Like yeah, kind of thing. yeah. I think they took it too far. Yeah, with well, the yeah, cops but... At all. but yeah, that's I see why they do that, and it's <laughs> you know that's kind of a genius touch. That's a good one. Mm-hmm. Um, the movie's biggest crime to me because we talked before going watching a movie how. I need to try to watch this, keep in mind that some of the things done first or early in this then became cliche, cliches. Well, something that was already a cliche by now that, you know, it's beyond trope and it's cliche, and if you do it, screw you. <laughs> <laughs> the wo- loved woman in Jeopardy. Oh, well, yeah. It's just, no, not, if you don't subvert that pretty quickly, then mm-hmm. you've lost me. I mean... Mm. And I knew they would get to it. I knew it would happen by the by the fact that the hero had a wife. I thought, oh, God, we're going to wind up here. At least she was a strong woman. She wasn't a complete That's true. victim. That's yeah. true. That's good. But still, when it came I mean, down they're... to the climax, this is what we did. Yes. And, and she got the punch in, though. Uh, yeah, she punched the TV reporter. Uh, yeah. yeah but which is something I wish would happen every time a TV reporter asks someone who's just been through a traumatic experience. Yeah, that would, yeah. Be, what that is, would be okay. What was that like? Yeah, that would be okay. That, that and then, the, be... actually, and then after that happens, you could have another reporter stand by and ask that first reporter what <laughs> yes. it was like what and was just get like? a back and forth punching until they knock themselves silly. Awesome. I yeah. love this idea. Yeah. <laughs> and also, you know, and I think, okay, I want to say writing a movie is really, really hard. Constructing uh-huh. plot is really, really, really hard. Uh-huh. For the most part, this did that very well, especially the first half again. Mm-hmm. Things flowed out of each other very naturally. Setups were there, but subtle, you know, things. Ex- there wasn't, except for reading the guy's resume out loud, there wasn't a lot of blatant. Ex- and that didn't even matter because we were killing him in 10 minutes. But, um, <laughs> but you know, exposition was very well handled where needed. Mm-hmm. All these things went very well. Things kind of got muddy and bogged down in the second half. Oh, I had a point going in. Um <laughs> But you could tell they got stuck in trying to figure out how to wrap it up. And the biggest example of that is when he was up on the roof trying to get all the hostages to go back mm-hmm. down. So he started firing the machine gun over their head, which makes no sense. And he wouldn't do. And what that led to was in the helicopter thing. He was the terrorist. Yeah. All intended to increase twists. and But mm-hmm. no, that's just stupid. Mm-hmm. It's just stupid. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think that may have been one of my biggest problems with the film that you just mentioned yeah. there. But again, that comes down to plots are really hard. Endings are particularly hard. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's, um, you know, it doesn't ruin the movie um, resorting to the woman in Jeopardy trope kind of does, but um, hmm. no, 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 it doesn't ruin it. It's just bad. It's just bad. Um, but yeah, again, you know, acknowledging it's difficult to do. And maybe that's why the first half seems better to me. Cause just, it's hard to pull off a second half. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, that's true. Huh. It can be done, but... So a question um, that I need to uh, ask you yeah. guys. Where was he a bigger dick? The reporter in this or in Ghostbusters <laughs> trying to shut down the Ghostbusters? Well, 
I don't. Oh boy. Now it's been too long since I've seen Ghostbusters. I I he, that's a neck and neck race. He plays a wonderful, yeah. completely asshole, dickless dick. <laughs> I, I I think he got better lines out of it in Ghostbusters. Absolutely, just off of oh. Bill Murray especially. Absolutely, but, uh, he did. Um, he but he almost got these people killed. So I think mm-hmm. he's in a real world sense he's worse in in Die Hard. No, but what, for a comedic... he's he's worse in Die Hard than in Ghostbusters, where he orders the the release yeah, yeah, of yeah. all I the know, ghosts and almost kills all of New York City. <laughs> I never had this weird feeling, except for the destruction of mankind, that anyone was in jeopardy. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> no, All right. But, but, you know, Ghostbusters is a comedy, so... Yes. It, you never get that feeling like you're going to see someone just be killed on screen yes. in that film. So I don't I don't feel that way about okay. his character. But, no, I see your point, though. He thank did, thank he you for put, indulging my question. He did put all of the world in jeopardy, pretty yeah. much. Yeah, yeah. That's true. But... <laughs> I want to mention the Nakatomi Protocol. Oh, yes, please. So uh, there's a little seed and short, and sadly short-lived series on uh, ABC Family a few years ago called The Middle Middleman, which we love. Yes. And in one episode of that, and I, all I can think of was that episode watching this movie, there's one episode where they have a threat and they need to shut down, the, you know, it's, it's a spy-type organization, so they have technology all and they need to just lock down the building so all the gates go down like all over the building yeah. and as part of this mechanism the system includes what is called the nakatomi protocol which is all the air vents in the building become big enough to crawl through <laughs> <laughs> they call that Scary. out that way so of course we have air vents. but to me and of course you know we know now air vents is a terrible cliche yeah. and actually it's not as bad here as we've no, seen really they're tight. not the here was he, tight. he could through. crawl through yeah it and and he will be, he but... didn't he was using it as a quick way to hide basically yeah, for yeah, a yeah. few minutes and yeah, yeah so it's really not as bad not as it becomes since yeah. no it's not at all yeah and it's not as bad as it has become since in many yeah. other no, movies no, no. and tv but so but the remarkable thing about this use of the air vent cliche is not only that he was able to crawl through air vents that normally don't accommodate that but he also apparently changed clothes <laughs> oh that's right <laughs> he changed from a white tech top to a dark one for some reason that was weird that we didn't See, I, but, I didn't but then he, he later or something i don't know then he <laughs> later decided to change back to the white one after it had gotten dirty yeah you oh. it, there was white to begin with then there was one that was a, a dark gray or black right, almost right, yeah. solid yeah, yeah, yeah then yeah. by the end of the film it looked like a very uh, filthy white t-shirt. yeah maybe that's what they're going for at first but it didn't look like that <laughs> no it, it did not like brown tank top, yeah. you know it's like what yeah uh, but that was funny you know that's just amusing i guess they're every diehard movie is prone to something like that <laughs> be it your misplaced phone phone booth or yeah whatever and it's interesting about the ducks i just remembered a re- recently we rewatched an old original star trek episode mm-hmm. where someone was crawling oh it was um i can't remember the name of the episode but it was the chair with the spinning light and yes. you know yes. they're kirk and this woman is, are trapped down there and she's crawling through an air vent that's half, half the size of the front door but it's a space right. air vent it's a, well yeah <laughs> In space, the air is much bigger and needs a bigger <laughs> vent to flow through. So, uh, just remembered that, that. That was a really huge, ridiculously huge air vent. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway. There were a lot of me. I'm just going through my notes. I'm coming off as super negative about the movie, but there wasn't a lot of good stuff. Um, I like There are a lot of good tension details, like when he is crawling through the ducts and... Um, the lead singer of Striper or whatever is um, <laughs> poking at the duck on the <laughs> yes. bottom. That's a nice little detail uh-huh. you, know, mm-hmm. you don't see a lot. Um, 
and he shoots yeah. at it with a machine gun, uh, but missed him somehow. Yeah, uh, that that bugged well, me a little. Well, he's moving pretty fast across. I guess yeah, it's feasible, but. Um, yeah. I kind of like when uh, Hans Gruber quick thinks quickly and pretends to be one of the hostages yeah, up there, yeah. and mm-hmm. the interplay between the two of them. I thought that scene was really yeah. well done. Yeah, I yeah, read yeah. somewhere I that they added that because oh. they thought Alan Rickman was so good. He they just wanted to have him meet up with McLean. And hmm. yeah, at so what point that. did they add that? I'm not sure. Oh. I read I read that I think on IMDb. Hmm. Um, they may have read it. They may have done when they casted him and were doing tests. I don't know, mm. but um, hmm. I thought it was a clever scene. It was really, yeah. I thought a lot of fun. Mm. Yeah, and the way he like picks a name at random mm-hmm. in his head of people he and it probably used. Yeah, and, mm-hmm. was, <laughs> and he said Bill instead of because it was well, like that would be w, fine. Yeah, yeah, but and, but that was totally that was fine. nice. That yeah, was yeah, a good touch. And handing someone the gun that's empty to see if they're that. Bad guy, yes, that yeah. has become a thing that yeah. is now yeah. Yeah. everywhere. Yeah. 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 <laughs> One of the things I noticed that I don't recall noticing much when I'd seen this before is sometimes Bruce Willis's stunt double is quite obvious. Oh. Hmm. No, and this notice. isn't even a Blu-ray disc we were watching and still Yeah, I didn't just I didn't I didn't notice. But... I didn't notice, but that wouldn't surprise me at all. Yeah. <laughs> um I like a lot the soundtrack was really good. Um I mm. liked the way my favorite well, mostly. I mean sometimes it was like I didn't like the whole hallelujah chorus when they opened this vault. Well, no. was, yeah. Again, uh, the tone didn't seem to match. Huh. Uh, but uh, I, I expected like... to see the Pulp Fiction briefcase in the vault with nah. the way everybody was looking at it. Uh, I did like when the bad guys get to the party early on, and the orchestra is playing in the party, and it merges pretty seamlessly into the film soundtrack. Oh, the dramatic, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. oh, here comes trouble soundtrack. That was a, that was a nice touch. And the okay. cinematographer, we didn't, someone who didn't mention before, oh. the cinematographer, I don't know how you say his name, Jean Dubon, who went on to direct, did a lot of these movies oh. as as DP, and then went on to direct Speed. Oh, and okay. And later movies that were not as good as Speed. <laughs> <laughs> like Speed 2. <laughs> no, I don't think he did Speed 2. But, but um... Uh, <laughs> Sorry, I'm thinking of a Millhouse line. <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh-huh. Say it, it's so. like speed two, only on a bus instead of a boat. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's the end of my notes. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have to agree with you in in some ways that yeah, it does have its problems. Mm-hmm. Uh, so maybe still most of my liking of it is nostalgia. But I do all the funny stuff. I I do really like that. Mm-hmm. I love the we're gonna need more FBI guys. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I hope that's not a hostage. Uh huh. Um. I don't know. When the FBI guys arrived, the chief became wacky, kind of. Not wacky. No, no one was ever really wacky. It was more... He, he, those, he became lapdog. He was yeah. trying to to kiss up. Yeah. Um, and then Can I whole... give you a breath? Breath mint is a good line. I didn't like <laughs> yeah. that one. <laughs> that was good. Uh, and the, the Twinkie thing <laughs> with him... Uh, the funniest part was when they showed the gas prices, though. That was oh. great. Oh, my God. I, I forgot. And then when it came up, I was like, oh, yeah, 74 cents for regular. Yes. A yes. gas that doesn't even really exist anymore. Right, yeah. right, right, right. <laughs> wow. Okay, so, boy, um, I'm, I'm going to say gold. Okay. Mainly just because it deserves to be set up as the template for action movies to come. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I honestly do still like it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Although if it came out today, I'm I may have been like ah, seen it and eh. yeah, but that risk. that's the way it goes. So yeah. maybe I'm really close to old, but mm. still on the gold side. Mm-hmm. So Tim, so yeah, my feelings are really really mixed. I, I think I've been highlighting some of the negative stuff mostly, but you know they're all it's mostly well constructed. I I try to appreciate the fact that it is kind of the template mm-hmm. or one of the templates. Um, Rickman was great with what he had to work with. Willis did a great job. Um, Which you can't say in all of Bruce Willis's. No, films. but you can often say it. I think you he can. He's, he's underrated. Yeah, I'd agree. Uh, yeah. But um, there were a few times um, where his expressions were just priceless. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He, yeah. he brought a lot just with. Yeah, and even mm-hmm. with you know, I thought a lot of his lines were too glib, but he did them well. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think it was failure of delivery. Mm-hmm. Um. Sorry for all the umming. You know, and I'm trying to keep in mind, you know, I'm, I'm filtering this through the fact that, you know, a lot of things done in this have been done many times since and filtering it through that I'm not really interested in this genre. Oh, okay, yeah. So very, very mixed opinions. But since I have to vote one way or the other, <laughs> I, I think there was just enough that wasn't quite right with it and that the tone, the muddy tone is a big problem. Hmm. So I'm calling it old. Oh, mm. oh! You know, it's narrow. It's not an utter. It's it's a tough call. Okay, I, but you know, we don't have a middle vote, and we shouldn't. So, um, it's one way or the other. Yeah, you're with us or against us. Yes. yes, yes. So or whatever. I'm a Guinea. A Guinea. You'll pay for that. <laughs> okay, Sam. <laughs> All of the bad points that were mentioned, absolutely legitimate, and I I can see them, and I I see the flaws. At the same time, as I was watching it, it did not make me cringe. And I've, I've watched some things which I loved at the time, come back and watch them years, decades later, and they make me cringe. And I'm like, oh, boy, I did love this, and uh, I don't know if I can ever say it again. Yeah. I watched this, and I really, I had a ball. I loved it. I'm glad that I saw it again. There are a lot of things in this that I wish current action movies would look back to the original source mm. rather than like a Xerox of a Xerox of a Xerox of a Xerox mm-hmm. um, and have totally lost a lot of the nuance and um, the the subtler edges of an action film mm-hmm. um, that I think are, are pulled off well in this. I, mm. I think it is an imperfect film, but I think it is still gold. All right. Excellent. Two golds and one old. Mm. You are the old one. Well, well. <laughs> but that's great. That's fine. That's mm-hmm. our opinions. And uh, no, I that's this is wonderful. Die Hard. It's a tough one because it's such a well-regarded film. You know, it's up there with Alien and Aliens. Hmm. Maybe not that far up. <laughs> At least I don't know. I, um, one thing that I tried to count in favor of the movie is that um, now I'm I'm. I'm a big fan of um, what Dan Harmon, creator of Community, says about writing. He's very oh. interested in the process of storytelling and, and the, the hero's journey and all that and has introduced, introduced some interesting modifications of it, a different way of looking at it. Mm-hmm. And as part of the template he talks about, about the kind of circular journey of a good story, he uses Die Hard as a template a lot. And I see that. Oh. He's like, the hero starts out in a familiar place, answers a call, you know, um, I won't go through it all, but basically yeah. he, he regards this as a very well told story, a very successful okay. story. Mm-hmm. And I tried to filter that. And if I think about that detail of it, that's probably, I didn't think about it in detail. You know, you know, I want to recommend, I, you know, I think, yeah, again, it does a lot of things well and it's, 
I certainly respect it way more than nearly any other action movie I can think of. <laughs> and, you know, it's just the genre doesn't work for me, so it's that skews my opinion. Of it. Okay. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So. Well, yeah. that's fine. So. Yeah. So I, I, I will cede it its place. You know, if people want to regard it well, yeah, please. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, I get that totally. But yeah. for me, you know. Okay, I've seen it now. An historical event. Well, in historical a, his, a historical a historical event yes. did, what did i say and, and historical, i did which is oh, bullshit wow. mm-hmm. okay i don't oh. know why people do that it's just why did i do that mm-hmm. because people do because i think I was, because people are becoming to be, people are becoming trained that it's right and it's so not. <laughs> i think i was trying to sound smart so i said and historical that's exactly event. why that's exactly it why it is you, you don't <laughs> you don't get to have an historical event unless you rode there on an horse <laughs> That's, <laughs> That's a good point. Yes. I didn't think of that. All right. Okay, well, this has been Old versus Gold. We have voted two golds and one old for Die Hard with nothing. No vengeance, no right. just anything. Just not, not die harder. Just hard. Die Hard classic. Die Hard, if you will. that's right. The next one is Die Hard. The, la- the, the one that's in production now I get, or announced oh. is Die Hardest. What? I saw that on Did IMDb. they finally get around to that? Interesting. What? Okay, I'm... We should have concluded, but now I have a question. Why is okay. it even titled that? What does die that mean? Die hard. I don't know. Just I assume it's it just tested like, well. Maybe in marketing. I don't know. It's short. It fits on a poster yeah, I easily. Guess. Okay. There's less just letters curious. for the marquee. No one's. Yeah. Okay. No, I mean I'm not saying it's bad. It's just uh, when they were filming the early scene in the airport, all of a sudden those words just appeared across people's legs, and they had to yeah. go with it as the <laughs> oh, film. Okay. Oh, okay. Oh, see. Otherwise, it'd be confusing. <laughs> yeah. Okay. 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 And they didn't want to cut the scene out because it was such a pivotal yeah. him not picking up his luggage from the carousel scene. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Him smoking in the airport. Oh, I forgot about that. Oh, my God. Yes, it, that's another thing with... Well, you mentioned it in a previous episode where we all these things that come up yes, it's from like, the 80s yeah, that it's like, are so weird to us now. Like, yeah. oh, we're going to... Well, I'm I'm in the loading zone or whatever the hell it is. The carousel, the pickup yeah. zone. Yeah. I'm just going to light up before I grab yeah. my suitcase. <laughs> Couldn't do it on the plane. No, this is well, not the 70s. <laughs> yeah, I guess maybe. I don't know when that changed, but... I'm not sure either, but... Uh, well, I was flying. I was flying by then and you couldn't smoke on a plane, so yeah. Oh. Anyway, okay. Well, this has been old. old <laughs> once again, we'll end the podcast. Wait, here. one more thing. No, uh, I'm just. I'm Robert. Joining me is Tim and Sam. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Go to oldvgold.com to find more episodes and more information about this podcast. We're on Twitter at Hidden Deadly. Also, you can send us questions with the hashtag oldvgold.